LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey everyone, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 265. We are a podcast first for anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm Dijiron Mess. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigo Gami. And I hope I'm coming across live, loud, crisp, and clear, because I had to go out and get a brand new microphone, so... If I'm coming it's actually up... sounding like you're a little far away. God damn. Damn it, I knew that shit was going to happen. Okay. I told you not to follow Inuyasha, Ranma. Only bad things. I will say the same thing that I said, no, that VGCat said about that show. Fuck Inuyasha. Oh, damn. Oh, damn nothing. I mean that shit. Okay, Inuyasha gets an ending, but Ranma one half does not. Um, everybody's losing their shit over how awesome Inuyasha is. I'm like, a lot of his roots come from Ranma one half. What's that? Head, head, head to desk. Ugh. Head desk. Ranma yeah. got Ranma got an ending. No, it, it didn't. Did. It did, but it was an ending you didn't like. Exactly. No, Rumika Takashi. Just like si- Inuyasha got an ending, and it was an ending I didn't like. Rumika Takashi said. She didn't give Ron Mo have the, the proper ending. She didn't exactly. give she the said proper she didn't give it a proper ending. But she, not but that she still didn't give it an ending. Not an ending. Come on. Okay. The series has been over for 10 years now. I'm going to spoil it. If you complain about it, too bad. They don't even get fucking married at the end. They just run off and like, here we go again. Come on. That seems very Ron like though. It's and truthfully, I, I much would have rather had something like that for Inuyasha than uh, everybody is happy. And honestly, they're still pretty damn young, Whoa. to tell you the truth. At the end of the series, they're still pretty young. They're not in their, like, 20s, you know? They're not going to go off and get married and have babies, like, right off. Kagome Especially like... since, like, they're both heads of, of fighting families and everything. Like, anyway... Back anyway. it up. Back it up here. Kagome is 16 and she went off and married Inuyasha. Come on. Yes, but she also went into the past to marry him. Exactly. Not that it really, you know, makes a huge difference because she's still 16, but you're talking about now in the past when they were being married off at, you know, 12 or 13. The, culturally, there's a difference now, I wasn't, because it's based it, because it's based in the past. See, I wasn't even going for that. I was just calling out Ichigo's comment about them being young. I mean, come on now. Well, yeah, but you know, there's a huge difference between young in this day and age and, and young, young back then. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. I still don't <laughs> like Inuyasha's ending. It was very, very anticlimactic. I feel like Rumiko has a history of doing that, though. She has a history of these anticlimactic endings, and that's just part of her style. Mm. And even when she goes back and she says, yeah, I might have fucked up, you know, it's still, that's how she ended it. And that's just, I think she sometimes lets the characters write themselves to a a, a fault, you know, where, Mm -hmm. like, she doesn't really, she takes account to what the readers think, but in the end, she's just going to write what the characters tell her, not the, I mean, the fans. She, she listens to the fans, but she more so listens to the characters when she's actually writing. 
And I do have to say that it's probably the fact that it's, you know, such a super happy ending and everybody, you know, was happy at the ending, which is why I also dislike the ending for Full Metal Alchemist. Because the true ending for Full Metal Alchemist from the manga is just like there was no issues. You know who's not happy, though? Who? Huh. That dog with a wig on it. Ouch. <laughs> oh, just wait till Father's Day. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> but you know what? It's like I said. If you're going to go in reverse of Father of the Year, before I really got really deep into the fandom, I always said it was a toss-up between Genma Saotome and Gendo Akari. And then I started watching Sailor Moon, and then it's like, yeah, Soichi gets third place. And then I watch Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, Show Tucker gets walks away with the award. Then I read the Sailor Moon manga. I'm sorry. Soichi Tomo gets the Lifetime Achievement Award for Father of the Year for the shit that he pulled. Yeah. He does some creepy shit. In the anime, yeah, but then he gets better. Yeah, but... Remember, in, in the anime, he did beg, you know, for help with his daughter. In the manga, he gave zero fucks. Okay? <laughs> he gave zero fucks. I mean, shit. <laughs> so, anywho, uh, let's go into the <laughs> chat room real quick at live.vugnetwork.com. <laughs> and Ichigo, what did you do? I broke the internet, like always. <sighs> Don't say it too loudly. You'll piss off Koi, because that's her job. We, 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 you know, we take turns. We take turns. Oh, Jesus. That's just as bad as when um, somebody says they're the supreme bitch, and I, saw, and I say, no, that's Mako-chan, and then Mako-chan goes, no, um, we're sharing that title. We pass it like a blunt at a rap concert. I'm just like, <laughs> I, I can't win. I, I have can. never, ever said that. I don't. I'm trying to imagine Mako-chan saying that, and I'm like... I'm you, like... you have said a couple times you, you're sharing the title of bitch with other women. Yeah, oh, but I like... definitely said that I'm sharing the title of, you know, bitch with other women. But I have never said that I would pass the title around like a blunt at a rap concert. <laughs> And now you have. Bitch, I don't pass that shit. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I, was, oh, I was trying to come up with a phrase that would fit that how you share the damn title. Yeah, well, don't be. <sighs> God. And K-Chan says in the chat room at live.vognetwork.com, my dad falls on the worst dad of the year. I can tell you stories, but we won't. <laughs> Sorry, I got you beat. Let, 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 let's not. Let, let's save that shit for Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, God. We are live tonight, week of May 24th, 2016, here on the VOG Network. We are here live Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, with replays Thursdays at 2. Check out our interactive chat room at live.vognetwork.com. Chat clients such as Merck, XChat, Chatzilla can use irc.gamesurge.net. The chat room is VOG, V-O-G, or you can head on over to AnimeJamSession.com slash VOG Network. There is an IRC link. If you click on that, that will bring you directly into the chat room. 
check-ins are live, so check into the podcast, earn yourself some awesome VOD points. Uh, every week, uh, Ari will upload a summary of every podcast, so if you can't reach us by email, Twitter, Facebook, we have our official Anime Jam Session forum, so you can head on right over there and let us know what you think of the episode. All right, then. Let's kick things off with how was your week, how was your day? Oh, but before we continue, I'm just letting you all know right now, for the last few days, I've been having issues with Winamp. After maybe about two or so hours, it will crash. So if the feed drops, do not freak out. We'll keep going, and I'll bring it right back up. I've been giving Damn you, Winamp! Yes, I've been given other suggestions, and it may come down to that if this becomes an actual issue. All right, so let's kick things off. Ichigo, how was your week? How was your day? Oh my god, I heard my ma- music, so I'm super excited. Okay, so you still have to cosplay um, for the her. next two weeks, and this is a big part of why my my day and my week have been about is like going to Animazement going to be down in North Carolina this weekend if um, any of you guys, my lovely listeners, are going to be there. Um, I will be in the vendors hall at table 337 um, helping a friend out with her booth. But um, I'm super excited to be going down there. On Saturday, I'll be dressed as Mako-chan from Kill la Kill. So definitely come by and say hi. I'm going to be stuck in the vendors hall, so I would really love some cheerful faces for being stuck in a dungeon. Um, and then next weekend, I'll be at Awesome Con. So really, all of my week and day have been about planning and and executing cosplay and just getting packed because I've never really traveled <clears throat> like five or ten hours to go to a convention except for Vegas. So even though it's just a drive away, it makes me super nervous when I am going to those kind of conventions. So that's what I'm excited about for my weekend day. So are you doing Fight Club, Mako? Mm. Sadly, no. Um, I wasn't able to get her done, but that's a lot of that is just because my commissions have been kind of piling up, which is great because it means I have business. But at the same time, it also means I can't really put a lot of too much detail work into mine. I will have her normal Fuku version, but um, I might try and have her Fight Club two-star uniform for Otakon. We'll see what happens. Now, will you also have a Rowlet with you as well? Sadly, no, but I have a few friends who are going to be dressed in Kill a Kill characters as well. Um, there's going to be my friend who's doing a bondage armor, Gamagori, and then um, I Noodle wonder, Noggin I wonder is going to be there too. I wonder if it's the same friend that we know that's doing Gamagori. Um, I feel like, yeah, I think you know Jazz. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, as soon as I saw Jazz put up his bondage Gamagori work, I was like, oh my god, Jazz. Oh my god. <laughs> Because Gamagori X, like, Mako is, like, my cisgender, like, ship. But if I was actually going to um, ship Mako with someone, it'd probably be Ryuko. But that's just my feels, because they're just so cute together. I I just look at it this way. When you see Jazz is going to a con, he posts his pictures. All the cosplayers jump on their sewing machines, and the sewing machines start going into overdrive, because it's like the bar has been set. Well, you know what's really funny, though, is that I've actually had Mako in the works Mm -hmm. for, like, a year or so now. Like, her basic, basic outfit. It's just been a matter of, like, she's been, um, my hand sewing. Because I, 
you can sew in multiple ways. So yeah. I sometimes do hand sewing at meetings, especially when I'm working with Oticon or with another um, volunteer corporation where the meetings last like eight hours. Right. Because right. I'm really antsy person, so I need something to keep me occupied, so I don't murder people or hide body parts or things like that when I'm um, just sitting in a meeting, just chilling. So Mako-chan has been my my hand sewing project. Um, I've actually fulfilled all my requirements to be staff, so I haven't needed to go back to those meetings, so she just kind of fell off my radar. Like, she just disappeared into the ether of cosplay, as we all have one, where it's like, eventually I'll get it done, eventually. So I finally got her done last night, so I will be traipsing around like a huge derp at an amazement. Fun times will be had. I really need to hit Animazement. I, I I actually miss going to that convention because that that was like my first con. So I did that ten hour trek on the bus, and then I got friends to go, and we did the eight hour drive down and back. So, oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I've never been to Animazement, um, but I do love North Carolina. I mean, I don't like the laws that they've been putting into play, but the weather is nice. The beaches are nice. The state itself is nice. The politics, not so much. When the politics interfere to the point where I can't get my um, pulled pork, call the 1st Marine Division. We're going to have a riot on our hands. <laughs> call the Coast Guard! Coast but Guard! Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that we're going down because of the laws. I'm not really happy. And I'm hoping no big problems occur with people trying to just pee. Um, my view on that is basically just let people pee. Hell, I've gone into a men's bathroom. If, you know, if there's no one in there, I'm going to knock on the door, make sure there's nobody in there, or they don't care. I'm going to use the stall anyway, and it's not like I'm going in there to stare at your penis. So, peace out, Cub Scout. Just let them pee and leave, and everybody can do whatever they need to. Without getting too political, that's all I got to say. I don't care what you do in the bathroom. If you're staring over in my side, oh, your next five <laughs> words better be good. That's all I got to say. But anyway... So that's my plans for the end of the week. I'm super excited. We leave on Thursday morning, so my friend's going to come pick me up, shove ourselves into her car, and we're going to make the... Thankfully for us, it's only four and a half hours, so it's not mm. going to be too long of a trek, but we're going to trade off driving, so... Cool. Mako-chan, how was your week and how was your day? First off, I have to say something. Do I have to pause the music? That's up to you. I'll pause the music. Because I think I know where okay. we're going with this. Yes. So, um, I am unable to do birthday punches, but I, I just want everybody to know that it's Ranma's birthday. And if you see yes, him in the next coming days, you just need to punch him for me. Thank you. Nobody listens to you. Please. Give him a big old punch. Don't you Just, like, start punch him right Ichigo. in the arm and go that's Just right from in the arm. Mm-hmm. Ichigo, don't you start. <laughs> but I'm so cheerful about it. Yeah, Just right in the arm and go that's from Mako-chan. <sighs> it's a good thing I'm yep. not going to cons in the next week or two. <laughs> yeah, but anybody that's listening, just you know, from now on. <laughs> <laughs> now until the end of this year and the start God. of next year. 
No, just from now on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sometimes I think the two of you are the female embodiment of Dante and Randall. <laughs> I'm not even supposed to be here today. All right, Mako-chan, how was your week and how was your day? Uh, yeah, um... So... Work, work, work. Uh... Clean the house, work, work, work. Swing those feet, Yeah, I've been doing a little bit of cooking, cleaning. Um, that's it. Oh. I'm, I, I, hmm? Sleeping as well? Oh, God, I wish. <laughs> but no, I, I made um, really, really yummy chicken and dumpling soup. That was really, really yummy. That's it? Yeah. Alright. I'm done. I've had a very boring week. Alright, my weekend day has been interesting. So, as you've all been listening to the show for like the last, I'd say, three episodes or so, maybe even four, there have been some audio issues on my end with my microphone that I may have mentioned. So, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, should I buy a brand new headset or just replace the microphone? So, I decided to do the most simplest thing. Go ahead and replace the microphone. So, I went out, got a nice bundle kit that comes with a really good microphone, the arm that you attach to the desk, and the pop filter. And here we are. I set it up earlier, and if you've seen pictures on my Facebook page, you see how I, I had it set up. The most recent picture is how I have it set up now because I was worried about how well I was going to project my voice while talking and typing and so forth because there is a bit of a difference when you're using a headset and the mic is right there as opposed to having to turn and speak directly into another mic. I wanted to get this real nice um, Ars Technica one. Um, I was talking with Kyle, you know, for suggestions, and that one was a bit out of my price range. So I got something good for now. So as the show goes on, I may just upgrade to that Ars Technica one. The only one of the downsides is that if I go into one of my little verbatim rages about various topics, I can't stand up and just talk about it. Because if I do that, you're not going to hear me, and I don't have a secondary mic on set up so I can switch over, so whatever. Um, I have some birthday gifts here, and yes, um, as Mako-chan said, it's my birthday, so I have not even opened them, even though I know what they are. I just have them here. I'm probably just going to post a picture later, so one of the things I did get for myself was the Jubei-chan box set for like 17 bucks off of right stuff. I was like, yeah, I gotta get my hands on this one, so. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I... yeah she's actually one I've been working on the cosplay of for a while, too. <laughs> you wanna know something? She... You wanna know something I interesting? You wanna, know, you wanna know something interesting, though? Mm. I actually used to know a set of twins. They probably still go to Animazement. One year, they did Kodachi, school uniform, and, uh, battle uniform That's one year cool. they one year they both they did jubei one girl one was g nanahana and the other one she was jubei 
That That's was cool. amazing. Yes. Fell out That's of touch awesome. with them years ago. I hope they're doing really well, so. Um. I got my free LG 360 cam in the mail today, so I have no idea what I'm going to do with it. I'm probably just going to hold on to it. I don't know if I'm going to sell it, but I might. I don't know. But what, one thing that's really cool is um, a friend of mine got married earlier this year, and he's having a celebration party in his, home, in his hometown of Jersey. And, you know, he sent out the invites, and the invites are fucking awesome. It's done in the style of Dragon Quest. That's cool. Yes. Command says attend, run, attend with guests. The info has the information on there. And at the bottom it says a wedding party of, of my two friends appear. Command. I think that's really cool. So. I'm going to have to drop that in the mail um, tomorrow. And... I've also been thinking about selling my Lenovo laptop and using my MacBook a little bit more. But before people start saying I'm switching sides, nope, 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 nope. I just, number one, I just don't feel the point of having two laptops in the house. Yes, I have a Surface. Yeah, it, it's, a it's a hybrid, so that I always carry that with me. Um, and tablets are a little different when it comes to laptops and tablets. It's not but, bad to have both because but, tablets give you a little more... Uh, functionality i guess as uh as far as laptops they give you a little bit more utility ichigo you've never used a surface tablet have you mm, no a surface tablet i would say is about 11 inches mm -hmm. runs a full runs the full version of windows 10 on it mm -hmm. and you can get a keyboard attachment for it i mean it has tablet functionalities, but the thing runs like a damn desktop. So I mean, yeah. it might run like a desktop, but still, to me, tablets have a different functionality right. than laptops do. And 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 I've totally I appreciate your Microsoft co computer porn, like you know whatever it is, like you know the specs mm -hmm. and everything about the Surface. But right, right. I I I always feel like tablets have a little more use mobily than laptops do. Yeah, that's why they're pushing the, the Pro and the Book, because it can do that stuff. I mean, I love my Surface tablet, but it's only 2 gigs of RAM with 64 gigs of storage and Atom mm -hmm. processor. So I've been finding myself, instead of running Facebook on here, I just use the app. Sometimes the apps run better because of how much memory that the browser uses, so I got that. So. I'm probably thinking about looking at my MacBook, doubling the RAM and putting in a hybrid drive so I can get better use out of it. I just want to just keep my Mac skills up to date as best I possibly can, so. Yeah. And then and if I end up selling the, the Lenovo, I'll probably get a pretty good price on it. Shit. I mean, I, I sold my, uh, my G-Watch. Here's the funny thing. I paid 80 bucks for it. Mm-hmm. After... Amazon's fees and stuff, it ended up selling for 90 bucks, so I ended up making a $10 profit. And I was in Target today. They had the Samsung Gear watch on clearance for 70 bucks, 78 bucks. And I'm standing there looking at it, 
pondering, should I buy the watch and just flip it on Amazon new for like 150 bucks or something like that? But if that watch is there next week, then I'll do it. Other than that, eh, it's whatever. <sighs> All right, let's look at the chat room at live.vognetwork.com. And K-Chan is telling Mako-Chan that she has something in store for me. Oh, I want you to think about your words on that one, my friend. <laughs> Okay, alright, um, we're going to go ahead and take our first break, and when we get back, we're going to get right down to the news and all that cool stuff. Is that right? What? Okay, so, um, everything is set perfectly. Alright, cool, so, uh, we'll be back.
right, uh, let's get down to business here. Uh, let me open up our little portfolio. Um, I always hated having to like open up the news on, on, on a sad note. Um, but sometimes it happens. Um, as soon as I get this article to pop right up. Let me adjust this. Perfect. All right. <clears throat> All right. Sometime today, Anime News Network. Sometime today. Wow, the inner tubes are really clogged on my end. How about y'all? Mm. Mm. Nope, got right in. Uh, I'm going to blame my browser. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't ever close it. But since you have it up, you mind going ahead and kicking us off tonight? Sure. Thanks. So, it was reported on Thursday that voice actress Yuko Mizutani passed away from breast cancer on Tuesday. Uh, she's done a crap ton of work that you've heard of. Uh, she's most well known in Japan for playing the elder sister character Sakiko Sakura in the Chibi Maruka-chan television anime series. Mm. Um, some of the other stuff that she's done, um, she played Pinoco in many of the Blackjack television anime, OVA and films. Uh, she was Mihoshi in the Tenchi Muyo franchise. Um, she's Iko, uh, Iko, Ikuko, mm -hmm. which is uh, Usagi's mom on Sailor Moon Crystal. Uh, Naoko on Time of Eve, uh, Shimon no uh, Noe and Sarah Zabarov from Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam, uh, Excellent Browning from Super Robot Wars, Divine Wars, uh, she was Soten from Inuyasha, Kukuru from Ark the Lad, Sora from Digimon Adventures. Wow. Uh, Lush from Saber Mary Not Jay. Good series. Uh, uh, my, uh, Mako Shin Shindo from Gravitation Lyrics of Love. Uh, she's the Great Will of the Macrocosm from Excel Saga. Apple from Zillions. Uh, Chocolate Misu from Sorcerer Hunters. Uh, Mizuki from Giver. Uh, Kyoko from Shiki's. Mm. Um, <sighs> so, yeah. She's also the voice of uh, Queen Minnie in the Kingdom Hearts franchise. Iris from Project X Zone. And uh, Melitza from Tales of Rebirth. Yeah, Project Cross Zone is like one of my favorite um, strategy RPGs, so I'm, I'm a little saddened by that. Yeah, so I mean, she's definitely one of the voices of, you know, everybody's childhood. And while we didn't get a chance to hear her, you got to figure, you know, what Japan is feeling like right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I... 
don't really have anything to really say, but you know, our condolences with the family, and I guess on the medical aspect, if you suspect something, get checked out. Cancer sucks. Hashtag fuck cancer. Yeah. All right, moving on. I'll go ahead and take this one since I actually have the um article um going up. Now this is why I like to call a feel-good story. It seems that in Cleveland, a local police officer did what was a really cool thing. And it's going viral all over the place. <sighs> what had happened was, as the story goes, a local police officer gave a kid his, his Pokemon card collection after his was stolen. Fortunately, most of the cards that were stolen were able to be recovered. Even though that happened, the officer still gave the, the kid his, his card collection. And I think that was really cool. The officer says, I had some old ones in my closet from when I was still a kid. I couldn't believe they were still in there. Uh, officer uh, Grotenrod said of his personal Pokemon collection. I stopped back over to his house and gave them to him and he was just ecstatic. He was so excited. I think that was really awesome of him. I mean, if I was an officer and something like that happened and I had Pokemon cards or if they were magic cards or something like that, I'm like, well, here. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I could sell them, but on the same token, that's a bit of a pain to do. So I might as well just pass the cards on to somebody who's really into the series and loves it just as much as I did at his age. So keep the magic flowing yeah either keep them or as they start to lose value what i found i do is i make them into jewelry and stuff i know that that sounds really weird but no. for my figurines and stuff that have basically just sat in boxes since i was like 14 or 16 um it's really cool to have a geek piece of jewelry that has charizard char charmeleon and, and charmander on it on a necklace and somebody can go oh my god you have my favorite pokemon on your necklace so it, it's, it's, there are new ways to use it, and, and a lot of the cards don't even have value anymore because they're not in play or they're not legal to play anymore, so. That and it, they're commons. You always exactly. have commons. I mean, if you go digging on uh, the Anime Jam Session uh, Facebook page in the photo gallery under, I, if you look up, um, there was a convention on Long Island that was like a sci-fi con. Um, I forget. The yeah, icon, that was it. One of, if you go and look in one of the icon folders, uh, I believe it was a girl there. She actually made armor out of Pokemon cards. If it wasn't that convention, somewhere in one of my folders, yeah, it, it um, is there. I've seen armor made out of it by both mm -hmm. girls and guys. And recently, at the last um, event I went to, which was like a, uh, it, I think it was. Uh, just the Cherry Blossom Festival, there was someone who had a dress made out of them, I think. That's cool. I so think I've seen something like that. Yeah. And as um, if we look in the chat room at live.vognetwork.com, uh, K-Chan says, that happened about three hours from my hometown, and she also follows up with, I've seen people use the old cards for buttons. Well, that is cool. Um, all right, uh, Ichigo. I'll take the next one, and even you, though it's still sad. Unfortunately, 2016 quite... seems to be the year of 
deviant diseases as well as deviant fans. And I um, know you're going to get quite passionate about that, so I'm timing you. Oh, I'm not going to get too passionate, <laughs> but I am just going to say a little something something. Yeah. Um, Japanese fandom in in Japan is a little bit different than American fandom. There are instances in America of fans getting a little bit stalkerish or getting a little bit more interactive and intimate with their particular love interest. Um, but unfortunately in Japan it is a bit more extreme and it can lead to sis, uh, situations like this where a Japanese idol was in critical condition after being stabbed 24 times by a stalker. Um, unfortunately, uh, J-pop idol Mayu Tomita is in critical condition after being stabbed 24 times in the neck and chest by a stalker on May 21st. She was getting ready to perform at a concert in Kogene, Tokyo, and, um, she, uh, was stabbed by a 27-year-old man, Tomohiro Iwazaki, and he was arrested after attacking her. Um, according to police, he admitted to stabbing her because he returned his, she returned his gifts and um, gave him vague answers when he confronted her as to why he returned her gift, she returned his gifts. Mm -hmm. um, and on her Twitter, there are records of him repeatedly uh, harassing her, asking her why she returned the gifts, and in general just being kind of a skeevy a-hole. Um, he ambushed her at the station and asked her about the gifts. He lost his temper because she didn't clearly answer. Now, before this attack happened, Mayu contacted the police a few times about receiving threatening messages from him via Twitter and other ways um, that he was stalking her online and um, that the fact that he actually had pre-plotted this murder. Um, there's another instance where he's gotten, he's on record basically stating that he had brought a knife with her, with him, to stab her and had the intent to murder her. So it's not just a case of a, of a beloved beloved idol is on the street and a fan comes up for an autograph. No, 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 no. This is someone who is sick in their mind and thinks that an idol is automatically their property mm -hmm. because they have some manufactured love interest with this person and they have taken it to the extreme. Um, it's just very scary. And I'm very sad because she was actually like right near the venue that she was supposed to perform at later that night. And uh, apparently there was like no security in the area and stuff like that. Um, I also think it speaks to something that she went to the cops beforehand about this and nothing happened. So it sucks because I don't think anything's going to change, but that's basically, that's basically, it, it, it's scary. And it's, it's really sad to think that that fans get that extreme about it. But unfortunately, People with mental instabilities, um, he's also, people, uh, his brother, someone who was found to have been his brother was also quoted as to have said that he didn't have many friends, um, that he was an awkward person and things of that nature. And unfortunately, that's kind of some of the characteristics you traditionally see in instances where there is violence that mounts from this, this kind of fake affair that this person has imagined in their mind. So mm -hmm. that's, that's all I have to say about that. It makes me sad, um. Because she, I don't know if she's going to want to perform anymore. Instances like this, I mean, even in the States, uh, somebody bit um, Daryl, you know, Walking Dead's Daryl. Yeah, I, re I remember like, that. I don't want to take any pictures with anyone anymore. I, uh, I, And the lady was quoted to have said, like, I don't know what I was doing. I just lost my mind for a second. And it's like, 
yeah, you don't normally go around biting people. My thing um, is, what were you thinking when you bit the man? I mean, yeah, it's and, one and thing like, to pinch his butt, but to bite him? But to, I mean, like, I understand he's coming from a zombie show. I understand that, like, he's Daryl. He's sexy man, be Daryl. Okay, I got, you know, I, I love me some Daryl, too. But I'm, I'm not going to bite him. That's, like, not my first instinct. So, yeah, I, I feel like it's it's unfortunate, but that's unfortunately what happens when people get very excited and, and passionate about things or or get very deep into their own mental hole, um, and, and unfortunately things like this happen. Yeah. So much sad news today, Ranma. Yeah, I get that. Um, I also understand that out of all the characters in The Walking Dead, pretty much Daryl has the biggest fandom, so, I mean, I get it but i don't have and i kind of understand it and then i don't get it i mean i do but i don't you know i can kind of understand why she did it but still why would you do that yeah it just makes people a little bit more like there's been a huge movement in the celebrity um populace amy schumer in the states recently talked about how if she's in the middle of something she doesn't owe you shit She's a human being just like everyone else, and she doesn't need to give you an autograph. She doesn't need to stand with you for a picture, and no means no. Consent is consent. Um, it doesn't matter if you're famous or if you're a hobo in the slums. Like, consent is consent. It doesn't mean anything just because they're celebrity. It doesn't mean you can just roll up in their face and be like, I want your picture, I want your picture, can you give me your autograph? Like, don't lose your mind. They're normal people just like us. I never, I'm, I'm a fan, but I don't, I have friends who are very passionate and very mm -hmm. excited to meet with people, to meet mm -hmm. people, to, to get their autograph, to get pi pictures with them and stuff like that and pay for these big ticketed lines, especially at Awesome Con where we're going to have everything from Peter Capaldi to, um, uh, people, you know, we're going to have a bunch of different our actors. We're going to have Adam West. We're having a bunch of people come and I understand people get excited. They pay for the tickets. But in all honesty, personally, I just see them as normal people. If they end up like meeting me, like I'll sometimes keep see my friend Kyle Ebert. He's yes, a cool yes. voice actor. Talked to him on and off for a few years. Um, I'm not gonna run up and glomp him. I'm gonna keep my mind and I'm gonna go, hey, do you have any panels I can go see? Do you have any things that you're gonna be doing today that I can come and enjoy and listen to you do what you do, which is your art? And he'll be like, oh yeah, I got a voice acting panel, something like that. That I is... glomp him. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, I, think... I also, I also feed him, though. Yeah. I know, I know. He's, oh my god, his bean dip. I don't think he eats it as much anymore, but back wait, in the wait, day, wait, man, wait. Hold he it, hold, hold it, hold it. Bean dip? Um, so, like, you know, treat them like normal human beings. If you would ask someone for a hug, ask, you know, before you hug. Because they're celebrities, I know um, it can happen where you disassociate them with being real or their reality or... Like when I'm in weird clothes, people come up and touch me. No, that is not okay. Mm -hmm. You know, consent. I mean, that's all I ask. I mean, this is the same thing for me at times. Um, it's more along the lines of, you know, yeah, I have voice actors and actresses on my Facebook. And to me, they're just regular people. You know, I know what they do is amazing, but I treat them like, you know, regular people. And I got friends who are like, oh, can you have them call me and leave me a voicemail? This I've actually had people ask me, you know, depending, they know what con I'm going to and the guests, if they can do certain things. I'm just like, 
No. I don't even ask them on their Facebooks to do a bumper for me, you know? I mean, come on. Yeah, no, there was an instance where, um, because I'm, I'm staff, I work at Otacon Vegas. Right. We have voice actors. I would eat breakfast with them, mm-hmm. like, frequently. And, and I was just like, oh, hey, you know, and I'd talk with them. And then all of a sudden, someone would be like, you know, you were just talking to such and such. And I'm like, you went, what? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the voice actor who plays Betty Boop. Lex, and, and you've been talking to Lex Lang. And I'm like, I, uh, okay, that's cool. They seemed nice. <laughs> right. I don't lose my shit over it. We had to, you know, it. it's all about being a normal human being and letting other people be human beings, you know. Right. We all like our own space. We all like to be asked before we're randomly hugged by a sweaty con goer who smells like two days of BO. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it even, it doesn't matter just ask and if we say no appreciate the no respect the no because in the same situation in the same little seat if you were put there you would want the same amount of respect so practice the golden rule guys you know do unto others as you want done to you and and be very consenting and respectful that's all i ask yes and in the chat room at live.blognetwork.com, uh, K-Chan says, me with Jessica Cavello. I was waiting for my friend as she came out and yelled, hi, sweetie, and I ran up and gave her a hug and she was cool with it. Yeah, a lot of voice actors, actually, they're really cool with the hugs and stuff like that, you know. And I guess for us, since we're press, it's like, by default, we already have that level that we're already at. So when we talk to them, you know, it's already chill, you know it's a different story. It's like, oh, you're on Facebook, da-da-da-da-da, you know? So. The only issue is with Japan, idols and celebrities of that nature have to suck up to their fans. Yes, because their fans pay for their their living and their lifestyle. Yeah, Yeah, they don't get paid what you know, celebrities here necessarily get paid. So their fan groups actually support them. And I don't mean, you know, by the written word. I mean, you know, they're the ones that collect the money to give them penthouse apartments. They're the ones that are collecting the money to give them vehicles. They're the ones that are collecting the money to give them, you know, food. Oh, yeah. Well, like, the, back the, in the, the 90s, when, like, yeah. fan clubs were really big in here mm-hmm. in, in America, like, fan clubs actually made a lot of, a significant amount of money for celebrities and stuff over here. In Japan, that's still very prevalent. There's still that big fan society where a lot of uh, fan groups and fan clubs are actually the bigger revenue streams for specific idols and specific singers and, and, and performers and things of that nature, and especially with idols. Um, in Japan, idols are a little different. You don't traditionally see an idol over here. I think the closest uh, person celebrity over here that you might have uh, considered an idol are people like Britney Spears a little bit, like where she had fandoms that wanted to marry her, wanted to be her, and stuff like that. Idols over in Japan are very much people people in performance. Um, most of them are very private in their everyday lives. But a lot of the time when they're performing, they do give that exuberance and that that implication of a relationship because that's what they're building their personas to be. In Japan, it is much more likely for an idol to have a persona that they play 
on TV, but it's always turned on. There's never an off switch when they're performing because that's who their fans know and that's who their fans want to see. And unfortunately, what that can also lead to is a lot of their fans taking it in an, in an appropriate way. But the problem with it is that it also fuels those inappropriate thoughts in a in like a way because mm -hmm. the way that they have to present themselves is much like uh, a relationship. They have to build that report with their fan base in order to make the money, in order to get the, the I guess, coverage and the press and everything like that, because if they don't, then their fan base isn't interested. Their fan base, it's basically like, um, you know, the whole issue with, like, porn uh, in the industry of voice acting. Mm -hmm. um, the reason that they don't tend to like this for idols especially or, or people who perform into young anime or animal anime that's deals with idols and, and things like love live and stuff like that is because the purity and the innocence of the character then is questioned because the voice actress has performed in porn. So then of course they can't build that report with their fan base because their fan base sees them as an adult person in a sexual way rather than this innocent, you know, uh, vapid light-hearted anime character so it is a very different world in in the states versus in japan but it's still you know there's still a lot of mental illness that leads people to not be able to separate you know that real you know they are human they have a job and then they go home and oh god they're my waifu because they play this person on tv and why aren't they accepting my gifts, mm -hmm. you know? And, and gifts in Japan have a much heavier meaning. In America, you can get somebody a gift card on Christmas. They don't care. Money's fine. But in Japan, gifts tend to hold a lot of sentimental value, I, I would call it. I don't know how else you would yeah, describe uh, that. Yeah. The, best, mm -hmm. the best way to really break it down, it's like this. You know how you're all throwing your money at the Patreons, at cosplayers, because you want to see them wear these particular outfits. You want to see them make these outfits and this and that. In a way, that is no different from being part of the Japanese fan clubs and you're supporting the fan, the, the, the idol, so she can do her performances and stuff. It's virtually the same thing. It's just a different aspect. Exactly. Thank you, Emma. You're welcome. But yeah, so that's, that's that. Um, unfortunately, that's what happened to her. I'm hoping that we have some happier news because this is all so sad. Mm -hmm. I do I do hope that she does make a full recovery. Yes, we all hope that she makes a full recovery. All right. Um, all right, Mako-chan, take this one. It's a follow-up to something we talked about, I believe, last week, a week before last. Yeah. Um, let me just pull it up. So, basically, I, I guess while we were talking and while everybody was talking about the uh, background checks for Anime Expo, um, I guess they got a lot of shit handed to them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Handed to them in big brown paper bags lit on fire. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, um, if they had said this like six months before the convention, the flames would not have been this high. Yeah, so basically they've changed their stance. It is no longer mandatory for press, guests, performers, vendors, artist alley to get 
background checks, they're still strongly encouraging the background checks, but now the only people that will be mandatory background checked will be the employees and volunteers. So, yeah, I mean, this all stems back to um, the Society for the Promotion of Japanese Anime um, and their part of the Youth Protection Program. Mm -hmm. um, and they wanted background checks for everybody. Except for attendees. Mm -hmm. That was the only thing that they yeah. didn't they didn't specify was that they were yeah. not requiring attendees um, to, to get background checks. Um, and a lot of the problem, a lot of the flack came from the fact that there were people who were having to pay $300, $400, maybe even more, um, because flashing out even more of the background check, you had to pay a $25 fee or something like that for every move you've made in the last five years or the last 10 years or something to that effect um, so that they could get all the information of you having moved from that area. So if you've been in and out of a blacklisted area like Iran or Iraq or um, places like that, one, you're not going to pass a background check. And two, if you have traveled a lot, you're going to be spending a lot of money on them. So between... Uh, looking at the Artist Alley page about it, mm -hmm. and then reading a lot of articles about it. Yeah, they, they had basically screwed themselves so far into the ground that I, I'm i not surprised there's a blowback and they made some major changes. Yeah, I mean, also, it's it's not just, you know, your guests and your performers and stuff like that. And you're talking about performers that might be coming over from Japan or might have traveled to other countries for other conventions, mm -hmm. having to, you know, spend their own money yep. when most of these people are paid to go to the convention themselves. Um, so that seemed a little asinine. Also, you've got your artist alley and your vendors who it might not just be one person. So for your vendors, you know, some of them might get two or three badges depending on how many tables they have. Yep. And all of them have to be background checked then. So that's, you know, it's not just another $100 on top of it. You're talking about another $300 on top of it. But, you know, my whole thing is nine times out of ten, your vendors, your artist alley, your press, your performers, your guests... They're there to make money. They <laughs> yep. don't give two shits about, you know, who actually happens to be there. They're there to get money. There's going to be, you know, a couple of people that are going to be, oh, yeah, you know, I get to go and act up and have fun. And, you know, then there's the other people that are just going to, you know, get some booty calls. But for the most part, the people that they were trying to check are not the people that they needed to check. No, not at all. I mean, yes, there are some press and guests and stuff like that that we've heard about. And we've talked about them <laughs> on here. But, you know, it's not something that happens often enough for a convention of this size and caliber to mandatory check everybody. Unless you're going to mandatory check everybody. everybody. 
So, yeah. I'm not at all surprised that this, you know, was ended. Um, you know, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we're creating safe spots in the convention for these people to protect the miners um, because of, you know, we have to protect the miners from exposure to adult content and things like that. Number one, most of these really huge conventions, if you were under 16 or 15, it depends on the convention, Mm -hmm. your parents have to sign something stating that they will be with you the entire fucking time. Or they give them allowance and they release the convention of all liabilities associated with showing adult content. And they usually have a badge marker, like a sticker, an armband or some other form of identifying people who are of age. And they usually mark or put the activities in closed rooms anyway. So -hmm. you have to pass through an archway to get to those particular activities. There are few panels, you know, you might not assume that they have adult content. So if you accidentally go in, but in all honesty, um, even superhero like even comic books have adult content like just on the cover so mm-hmm. if you're going to a nerd convention more than likely you're going to come into into touches with adult content like but i mean not... that, that's just the thing most of these big conventions if you are under a certain age they tell you you have to have adult supervision mm-hmm. it's usually between 15 and 17 that they're like you just need a guardian somewhere but when you are under a certain age, your guardian has to buy a badge. Okay. Your guardian is supposed to be on site. Okay. But again, most of these parents will buy a badge or find somebody of age to take their children and use it as glorified babysitters. Yep. Okay. If you really want to protect the, the minorities and the children at these conventions, if they say something has happened, fucking believe them when they said it happened you mean like an instance where like sexual assault or something has happened with a minor or are you talking just in general like just in in general yeah i mean we've we've definitely covered a lot of conventions that wait i mean granted kids will be kids and make shit up but if a if a child is coming to you saying something is going on listen to what they're saying and make that judgment call of are they for real or not and don't just blow them off by saying yeah whatever because you're doing a disservice to your to the child and you're not doing your job Mm. but yeah i mean we've heard of plenty of conventions where the staff isn't prepared enough to be able to make decisions and instead of getting somebody to answer those questions Mm -hmm will basically say, well, you know, what am I supposed to do? Or they don't have, like, systems of liability set up. So, like, if, if you... If you don't know what to do and you're stuck, exactly. bring it to your superior and go up the chain of command. Exactly. That's the main thing. It doesn't matter what job it is. What's There's a chain of command. If something happens and you don't... If you've never been in that situation before, take it up the chain of command. Take the per take yeah. whoever it is the con ops and let con ops run it up the command line. Simple as that. 
And for the people that, you know, run room parties or want to hook up, you know, it, it might not be as sexy, but get a fucking ID. Exactly. Because if some 13-year-old little twat is going to say, <laughs> oh, no, you know, I'm 18, and they're dressing and looking like they're 18, get a fucking ID. Yeah, yeah. get a fucking Save ID. Save yourself. Or have someone who's at the door checking IDs. Like, just be smart. Before the party starts, get everybody to check their IDs. Like, that, that can just be a room party rule. I mean, everybody's got their set of room party rules. Um, and everybody has different ways that they like to set up their rooms, like a sleeping, a silent room or a party room. If you are setting your room up to be something where alcohol or something questionable is being served and you are like knowledgeable of everyone who is coming and you know them and you know their age, that's okay. If you do not know, or you know that there is somebody who are going to be bringing their daughter or their son or someone who is going to be underage, or you do not know them. Or people that just put out flyers saying the room is oh, in this part, the, the party's yeah. in this room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have someone at the door checking IDs. Every single one. Doesn't matter if they leave the room and come back in for a second. Check those IDs. Because 90% of the time, that's going to keep you from getting arrested and booted out of the hotel and banned from a convention. Like, be smart. Don't be stupid. And the other thing is, if you see somebody that is completely drunk, especially if you know that person and they are not acting normal, stop feeding them booze. Feed them water. Now, we're going to go into our next story, but before we do that, <laughs> I just want to say one thing. What we've been saying for the last five, ten minutes, we're not saying it for our health. We're not saying it as, like, we're heroes or whatever. No, we're telling you this from shit from our own personal experiences. Either some of what has as we spoke about has happened to us or somebody we know and we've seen the end results. Learn from mistakes and other people's experiences. That's it. Now we got that out of our system. Um, we're going to talk about other things that are that has happened, such as a closing down of a, a production studio. Um Whoa. Oh, more sad news. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about that, fam. I, I, I don't know about that. MB VoiceWorks uh, production company is closing their doors. The founders of MB VoiceWorks, uh, Melanie Ehrlich and Brittany Lauda, announced on Facebook earlier this week, uh, early uh, last week, exactly, that they're closing their production company to focus on their individual careers. Oh, that's not so sad. Yes. Uh, Media Blasters commented that they will still have an in-house English dubbing team. Uh, Brittany Lauder will continue to be the produ do produ production of in that department and direct dubs for Media Blasters. The MB and MB VoiceWorks stands for the initials of the girls who ran the company, has, and it's not related to Media Blasters. So they were sort of like, as in, they were the East Coast equivalent to Bang Zoom. I know that's a bit of a stretch, but that's the best way I can put it. MB VoiceWorks provided casting and directing for the English dubs of Holy Night and Ladies vs. Butlers. Well, I mean, it's it's not like they could have gone to Central Park Media to, to do some projects for them. Oh, wait. They're not around. 
sorry. Wait, they could go to um, software. No, they can't. It's not around. Yeah, I, I think the only New York area production is TPCI and um, Media Blasters. They have their own stuff. Well, <sighs> well, that's all I got to say. Moving right along. <laughs> Somebody want, got something to say? Uh, so the next article, Hulu <laughs> Horror Series. Okay, okay, Mako-chan, you know you, you, you want to say something. I don't really have oh, anything okay. snarky to say about this. Okay, because it sounded like you or Ichigo were snickering or, or something like that. I'm like, if you find something funny, please say it. I mean, come on. No, I mean, knowing people that have done voice work for them, I don't have anything snarky to say about them personally. Right, same here. The fact that it only lasted a little over a year, and I think they only did two dubs, That itself makes me wonder why they got together to do this in the first place. What made me laugh was the name of one of the things they dubbed Ladies vs. Butlers. It just sounds like... It sounds interesting. It actually is a very interesting anime. That sounds like something. I will have to check it out now. Yeah, I think that's something right up along the lines of Ichigo's Alley. That and there's a couple, um, and a couple other made animes out there. I think that's all you. It's it's you know absolutely adorable and at the same time a little bit crazy. That sounds exactly like me, so mm -hmm. I'll have to check it out for sure. I, I, yeah, I mean the 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 works <clears throat> that they did were good and I liked you know I, I liked the voicing that they worked with mm -hmm. it's just you know to bring this on and then a year later say okay we're done makes me wonder again what they were doing to bring you know to do this in the first place I mean, because when you're starting something like this, you know, that's not really something that you do on a whim. Well, there you're might not have been... going to go, oh, you know, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to, you know, I I'm just going to dub this stuff for an actual company. And then, you know, get bored and say, okay, no, you know what, I'm done. There might have been a contract that came up or something where they were offered a really nice deal or a really nice organized um I don't know, some, some sort of way of dealing with it um, financially or it was an option because they were going to work with a big production company or something like that, um, and it just fell through. You never know. Behind closed doors, contracts fail, contracts fall through, people make different deals and stuff like that. So there, there's a number of things that could have happened that, that made them do this. I don't know, because, I mean, it's saying that one of them is still working and doing dubbing for media blasters so my guess is it's the other one that 
you know, had issues. Yeah, they, they could have had a file falling out of, as business partners or as friends, which led into mm-hmm. the business. And that 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 is is unfortunately fairly normal nowadays. Yeah, I don't know. I just figure if you're going to do all of this to get everything together for, you know, and start doing dubbing and then go, you know, a year later, you might okay, as well I'm just done. stick it through. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it seems strange to me. The game's afoot, Watson. Okay, no one liked that one. Moving right along. um, (laughs) Ichigo, um, speaking of idols, this is right back at you. Yay, more dead idols. I mean, um, Given the the fandom Um, that we're about to talk about, I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, so, Love Live Sunshine TV anime premieres on July 2nd. The official website of Love Live Sunshine television anime, anime series revealed on Sunday that the anime will premiere in Tokyo on Tokyo MX and other channels. Starting on the 2nd of July at 10.30 p.m., the animal, anime <laughs> will also air on, on Sun TV, KBS Kyoto, BS11, TV Aichi, Shizuoka Broadcasting, TV Hokkaido, and TV Shu Broadcasting. The anime will stream online on Bandai's channel, which I totally wish we had here, and Line Live, and Nico Nico, starting on July 2nd. How fitting. Um, <laughs> it was first announced on February in February last year, and the project's three key phases are reader participation, uh, seaside town setting, and the group's name... Aquars was chosen by fans um, by popular vote. So, Ko Sakai, Mushi Uta director, episode director of Love Live School Idol Project, and Gundam Build Fighters is directing the series of Sunrise and Juki Hanada, all previous Love Live School Idol Project anime, and is handling the series' composition. Yuhei Murota returned to design the characters, and Tatsuya Kato, Free, Iwatobi Swim Club, Food Wars, Shokugeki no Soma is composing the music Atlantis. I believe I may be wrong. I think two of the members of Aquas are the younger sisters of two members from uh, Muse. I think. Voice actress-wise or... Character-wise. Hmm? Character-wise. As far as I know, no, okay. because this is supposed to be taking place in a completely different school. All right, because I just remember how it ended where two where two of them wanted to start their own, so I thought that was them. So that was my mistake. No, this is okay. taking place. The reason why it's you know being called uh, Sunshine and the whole you know group is based off of water is because it's a seaside town. Mm. Yeah, it's a seaside town. But yay, idols and new, you know, love live and everything. So I'm really hoping with this that, you know, some of the original love live idols might make cameo appearances. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're talking about a group that's being inspired by Muse. We don't know exactly when the group is starting. Hmm. Because Muse went on for, what, a year? A year and a half? Yeah, it was like yeah. a year, year and a half. Year and a half. So, 
you know, it would be nice to see maybe interaction with them during Muse's last love live kind of thing. Like a flashback mm. episode of sorts. Mm-hmm. Like one of them is in the audience, in the crowd, seeing them performing, gets the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right, uh, Michael, take the last article that we can get into on the good stuff. Okay, so the last article. Um, there in, is an official website for Cutie Honey Tears, which is going to be a live-action film adaptation of the Cutie Honey manga. So, um, the poster features Mariah Nishuichi, um, who's done the live-action Yamada-kun to Seven Nin no Majo and Switch Girl, and she's going to be Cutie Honey. Um, it also has the text that says, Awaken Cutie Honey. So, there was, um... A previously streamed teaser trailer for the film last month, and uh, the film is going to be opening in Japan on October 1st. So, yeah. Uh, the film's near future setting will be created with computer graphics. So, I'm going to guess it's going to be live action with heavy computer graphic overlays. Do you remember the campy live-action Cutie Honey movie? Barely. I think TV Nihon fans loved it. That, it. It was good. It was just campy as fuck. But well, I mean that's the best. I I just when it's that, campy. I hope this is like campy but not campy. You go in thinking it's gonna be, you know, it's that mindset. I just hope it's really good, you know. Mm-hmm. Like a professional amount of campiness. Is there a scale for that? I mean, something that's campy good, as opposed to it was so campy, it was just ridiculous, you know? Like a B-movie. Right. I I mean campy as in, like, scary movie one and two. Those are campy, but good. Those campy movies... as in Maji Ranger. Yes. Okay. Campy, campy ho- is still good, and you still watch it multiple times. Yeah. Campy, but it's still campy. Campy bad was yeah. that movie Soul Plane. That's something I'm like, why did I even watch that? Anyway. Alright. Alright, now that we got the uh, news out of the way, uh, let me fire up the tablet. Because it went into uh, sleep power mode. Alright. And we're going to go ahead and go into the open forum topic. Let me go ahead and bring up the um, the link to that so we can talk about that briefly. Wow, we did run long. Whoops. Sorry. It's okay. All right. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and now open the Skype line. Give us a call. Yes, please. Skype line is now open, so if you have any questions about tonight's show, any any suggestions or ideas, have anything to ask us, um, give us a buzz. Um, Skype name is Anime Jam Session. Uh, and all calls are cut to two minutes, and 
Holy shit, we've already got our first call on the line. Yay! Uh, you're live on Anime Jam Session. Who are we talking to tonight? It's K-Chan. Hey, hey K-Chan. So, Radma. Hold on, hold on. You're coming through really low, so let me fix what's going on on my end here. All right, hold on. <laughs> are you all good in the hood? I mean, I can hear you. But you're coming across a little, a little soft, so I don't want people to complain that they can't hear you. Huh. All right, now, okay. Now, what's on your mind tonight? It's K-Chan. All right, what's on, all right, we can hear you. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just wanted to call in and say happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> Lord. You you do realize you're not going to be able to hit me, right? You do realize you're not going to be able to hit me, right? I would rather hug you. Sorry, Mako. Told you, Mako-chan. <sighs> Somebody will punch him for me. It's okay. <laughs> Mako, you still win. A hug is a form of contact. And a glomp is oh. like a hug punch. But she so. doesn't... But to, to Mako-chan, that doesn't count. No. Uh, See? At hey. least slap him in the back of the head. Oh! Something. <laughs> or, or, take me time. Take me time. Uh, <sighs> okay, k you have anything else for us tonight? That's it. Okay, hon. Thanks for calling. Yep, bye! Bye. Bye. Ugh. <sighs> See what your ass done started? What? Mm-hmm. You deserve it. We didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world's been turning. Ichigo, that was bad and you should feel bad. <laughs> I sort of do, but I sort of don't. <clears throat> You've been hanging around Mako-chan a little bit too much. Okay, here it is. This, it's time for this week's open forum topic where we post a question about a topic in the anime cosplay fandom and we want to know what your thoughts on it. If you don't want to use your real name, please put a different name before you post your answer and please keep it civil as well. And I know some of y'all haven't been putting your, um, your alternate name, but I kind of know y'all enough, so don't worry about it. We good fam. So the question is, topic is, weeaboo, weeaboo trash. As said in Urban Dictionary, originally the term stemming from the same branches otaku and wapanese, it is now most commonly used a joking term amongst anime and manga fans who do not glorify Japanese culture, but instead just enjoy the content of said anime and manga. Because of how this popular term has become, do you feel that this is uh, disrespectful or is an insult? I asked this because uh, another cosplay friend of mine made a post on his Facebook how he feels that the term is insulting and disrespectful. Um... We got a couple of answers here. Uh, K-Chan says that she doesn't find it offensive because of the fact that most other than the people that are into the fandoms don't know what it means. So if you like a little words, communicate though to others the same interest as you. I didn't know what a weeble was. I first heard about it. And thanks to my Mikasa and the fourth Daring Legion at Matsuriko when we had our Petropod a dare, she looked at it and said, it just says you're a weeaboo. And her Mikasa just started laughing. 
Uh, Shinji Akari says, depending on who is saying it and how I think. I try not to be insulted, but sometimes it's clear how much someone is ripping on you. Um, I, I kind of look at the word sort of like the way I look at it as otaku. I mean, I, I used to like it a lot, but now I just kind of feel as if the word otaku is a little derogatory for what it is, but I, I get it. I, I understand it. The same can be said about weeaboo trash or using the term trash in general. Like, I'm Ranma trash or, you know, people who are Sailor Moon trash. Um, pretty much trash, I guess, I, I guess it's an in-between of being a fan of anime, or anime fan or otaku or something like that. I don't really find it offensive per se, but some people do. I just think it just boils down to the context. What do you ladies think? To register participation for this week's episode of Anime Jam Session on vognetwork.com, use the passphrase plant. Well, um, personally, I don't mind weeaboo in affectionate terms. So if I call myself a weeb, mm-hmm. I'll usually say weeb, W-E-E-B. Um, it's okay. Um, or like when I'm with my friends, it's okay. But traditionally, out of context, um, I've only heard it given negative feedback. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is that I've heard it's, it, at least when it was first, uh, I guess, I don't know, nomered as it might be, yeah. um, it, it was considered to be a white person or an American who was so fascinated by Japanese culture that they wanted to become Asian themselves. Yes. yes. So it became more of a racial slur um, in that effect. Um, so, I mean, early on, it, it was kind of like a racial slur. And I think there are still some people who use it in that way, in that slanted way. But mm-hmm. um, if you're using it affectionately or you're around people who know that you only mean it in like kind words, then I think it's okay. It's almost to me nowadays, like a lot of people have started to say, like, I'm a potato. Like there are pretty cosplayers and there are skilled cosplayers and I am a potato. Mm-hmm. Um, it It's kind of like that. Um, as far as otaku is concerned, though, with its older uh, nomination of, of the word, um, I actually never liked the word. And here's the reason why. In my... Um, study of of Japanese culture as a fan, I actually discovered when um, I was looking up the word otaku, when when people first introduced me to the the concept, and there's actually a a serial killer from Japan who was related to that phrase, who actually, like, videotaped him torturing small children, and, like, he he did disturbing things with the footage. So, whenever people would call me otaku, I always related it back to the serial killer, and so, like, it just never, like, had a, a term of endearment. So when people are like, oh, my God, I'm an otaku of, like, Japanese culture, I'm like, oh, God. You know, like, I get a little skeeved with it. It, it freaks me out a little bit. But, I mean, I'm not going to say anything against other people using it. I have tons of friends who use it as a phrase. But personally, I don't usually call myself an otaku. I will say I am a fan or I am appreciate, but I don't usually call myself an otaku. Fair enough. Um, Mako, what do you think? What's your thoughts? I think that there are always going to be um, 
negative nicknames for the annoying fans. Um, I don't think we will ever get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, it, it's a matter of the fans not being rabid. And that's, I mean, that's what it is. That's what we're calling, you know, those that are rabid. Like the ones from Hetalia that went to the Holocaust museum or what was the was that one that they went in nazi dress yeah, they and went were to doing the holocaust salutes. um they went oh to my the, god yes they went to the yeah. holocaust memorial up in boston yeah i mean that's the type of fan that i leave those types of terms for because when you're doing something that outrageous that offensive damn. yeah you're you're not just you know you're not just a fan anymore um when you decide that the best way to clean your body paint off is to jump in the pool you're not just a fan anymore you are ignorant com- exactly you are completely and totally screwing up what everybody else sees as the fandom because they're not going to see the good fans anymore. They're going to think that all of the fans are like that. And, and it happens. The bunch. It happens I mean, in every happens. fandom. Yeah. So well, like that, that's what I see as, you know, when you're using some of these various words, that's you know that's the connotation that I get when I hear something like that, and it's always based off of the negative fans. And nowadays, since geekdom and nerddom um, is a little bit more uh, considerably mainstream, I mean, I've always kind of considered jocks nerds anyway. They're just nerds of sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, you know, we're, we're, you're going to get a lot more of those kind of phrases, and you're going to get people who both mean them in, in terms of endearment and in terms of basically just to put you down because they think they, they want to use it in a way to, to break you down and, and make you feel bad about yourself. I think, in all honesty, it is your own personal way of presenting it and your own personal opinion of it and the people that you're around when you're using it. Um, because if you're going to use it to be mean to someone you're just gonna do that and and it's just at first i mean right now it's just a word mm-hmm. um it, it it takes someone saying it to give it meaning so whether you say it in a term of endearment or you say it in a term of putting someone down it, it's all going to depend on the context i mean and and it's not even you know the more adult shows Look at something as innocent as Steven Universe. Oh. God. And I'm not talking about, you know, based off of the characters or anything like that. There are fans that are so bad that they've gone after fan artists. They've gone after um, fanfic writers. Cosplayers. They've gone after mm-hmm. cosplayers. Because, you know, there are some people out there that go, oh, well, you're not fat. You can't, you know, 
you can't cosplay as Amethyst. There was a post today, actually, talking about that specifically. There was a post, and someone was joking. Yeah, I remember that post. And the funny thing is, that is not the first time that post has circulated. And I'm not surprised. Um, We are kind of a regurgitate and re-read culture now with things flowing by our eyes so fast that you can't even blink. Um, and the access to social media being as it is, there are going to be people who've seen it and who haven't. And, you know, it's just another one of those stupid posts that's like, you can't cosplay Amethyst or Rose if you're you're fat. You can't cosplay Garnet if you're not black. You can't cosplay Pearl if you're not um, white. You can't cosplay uh, different characters in... Uh, uh, you can't do Stevani if you're not trans, was the new phrase. Yeah, I saw that. Oh. And you can't do Connie if you're not Indian. So I think a lot of that is just coming from a place of ignorance and the the whole, like, people aren't aren't thinking before they, they type something up and post it on the internet. Like, now, they do. Now, um, now, now one thing yeah. is, I mean... I'm all I'm all about you know cosplay whoever you want, but I get it. I mean, like if someone says I don't think you should cosplay this person because they're a different skin, oh, yeah, I would I would be okay. I get what you're saying, but if you're saying you can't because of this skin, I'm gonna be like middle finger. Again, it's all about tact. So I mean, for me, you know, one at least for the Steven Universe fa- like fandom, they're gems, they're purple. I mean, they're they're red, they're pink, they're blue, they're green. You know, I don't think there is a set color that you have to be to be able to cosplay these people. But I think that's it with cosplay in general, with any of the fandoms. You know what? You want to do something, do something. People are going to sit there and criticize you. The big thing about it is to basically ignore them and continue doing what makes you happy. It's like, I don't, you know, I'm not a fan of the way that, you know, certain people cosplay. I, I, I'm just not a fan of a lot of exposed skin. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's fine. I don't have to like everything out there. But I'm also not going to put a rant onto Facebook saying, you know, all of these fatties need to cover up. That's, you know, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say. The only thing I will say is that if you're going to be dressing like that, don't be surprised when people look at you. Yeah, because we have a mutual acquaintance after uh, Zenkai Khan kind of went into a bit of a tirade about that per se and a couple of people was on her side and i'm just like i'm all about cosplay but i don't give a fuck i mean you you are you know you're purposely doing something that you know is going to attract some sort of attention whether it's positive or negative don't be surprised when you do actually attract that attention don't say you know, I'm doing this because I love the character and I'm doing this because I love my body and you guys should let me. That's all well and good. And you know what? They can't stop you from doing it. But don't be surprised when people are going to comment on it. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. You cannot stop people from commenting. The comments themselves, 
you have to actually look at and don't say you're commenting negatively because I'm fat. You're commenting negatively because I'm black. You're commenting negatively because I'm a female. No. Some people are going to be commenting negatively just because they, you know, personally don't like a style. And you can't be upset with, you know, everybody's opinion because everybody's going to have one. But these fans, like, th that's what I'm saying. You know, it it's these fans that have these monikers attached to them. Um, and you know what? That's just, that's how it's going to happen. And it's always going to happen. And it's been happening for quite a while. I mean, you've got the moniker of the fat geek guy living in his parents' basement. And that didn't start with, you know, the anime or the manga or anything. That didn't even start necessarily with comics. You go back to the sci-fi conventions, and it started there. Mm -hmm. Because you had all of these people that, you know, knew everything about, you know, Star Trek or Star Wars. And they were such rabid fans that, you know, they could not disassociate the actor from the character and you know that's that's what it's coming to and that's i think why these words are being developed you know otaku now doesn't have as much of a negative connotation as it did when it first you know popped up in japan right because for the japanese otaku was a rabid fan a fan that knew so much about the the manga and the anime and all of that, that that's just how they lived. And no matter what conversation you were trying to have with them, it always turned back to the anime and the manga and, you know, the characters that they, that they shipped and stuff like that. It's not as bad now. Like, that word has definitely tapered off. But there's always new words coming. I mean, you've got Narutards. Mm-hmm. And those were the rabid Naruto, Naruto fans. And you know what? I like Naruto. I've liked it since, you know, I first started reading it and watching the anime. And, you know, Ranma's the one that got me into it in the first place. But, you know, I would never be so rabid that I would either think I was a character or couldn't talk to anybody that wasn't, you know, in character that I couldn't go to these voice actors and not see them as a character. That I couldn't go to these voice actor panels and say, hey, you know what, I just want to talk to you as, you know, your character. You know, that's where these, these words come from. It's not necessarily your average, everyday fan. And that's my two cents. <laughs> that was more like a $20 bill if you ask me. Here's your change. Thank you. <laughs> what change? <laughs> I think after what after, if, 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 if while y'all were giving us two cents, I think people owe y'all money. Okay. <laughs> All right. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> yeah, Christ. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> oh, there will be a Patreon, a link to my Patreon over here. No, I'm kidding. Can oh, I don't have a get me started, bitch. Like, can that be my Patreon? <laughs> Kickstarter. <laughs> Yeah, Kickstarter for rants. Mako-chan's Kickstarter for bitchiness. I mean, look, there's all... Give me money, and I will bitch at you. Look, it's, all, it's already bad enough. There is a local 
cosplay subculture magazine group that's like right up not too far from me. They're trying to kickstart three grand to be for their nonprofit LLC fundage. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? They want to get the LLC up, be a nonprofit, and have stuff so they can give back. I'm like, I went looking on this, uh, on websites. I can become a non this can become a nonprofit LLC for under a hundred bucks. But you know what? I'm just gonna wait till I have everything together before I go ahead and pull the pull the trigger on that. So anywho, we're at the best part of the show for some of y'all would like is strange news from Japan. Okay, Mako-chan, you, it's a mix here, it's a mix. Well, the last one I only picked because it touched sort of on what we were talking about last week. Alright, I guess you can cover With that. the whole language thing. Yeah. I'll go ahead and take the um, first story here. Um, a man was arrested for stealing 70 raincoats. Women's raincoats. Police in Mobara, Chiba, have arrested a 30-year-old man on suspicion of stealing at least 70 raincoats. Female raincoats, that is. According to the police, the suspect, no named Shosuke Saito, has admitted to the thefts and was quoted as saying he got turned on by the smell of women's raincoats. I'm just taking a minute. Women's raincoats. Saito, a part-time worker, was initially charged with the theft of five raincoats belonging to the female staff at a health drink retail store between 7.30 and 8 p.m. on the days of the 26th and the 27th of April. On May 11th, he was caught in the act trying to steal the raincoats. Police uh, raided his home and found at least 70 of them in his place. Saito said he stole women's raincoats on at least 30 occasions. He said he loved the feel of raincoats ever since he was a little boy. Well, that's a new fetish. I've heard of guys stealing panties, stockings, and now raincoats. I feel like it might be the comparable similarity to, like, latex, maybe? Like, maybe he just likes the chemical smell? Um, because a lot of fashion mm. raincoats are made with that, either the latex-coated vinyl or the vinyl. Um, unless they're made with, like, unless they're made, like, a, a windbreaker or something where they're made with nylon. Mm. But, <laughs> uh... I mean, there is a certain chemical smell to it, but, like, dude, 70? Like, I don't know. That seems like an excessive amount. It is. Please take the next one. So, for, for uh, an unorthodox message was uh, sent to uh, some molesters via a poster that has uh, homoerotic uh, undertones. Oh my. So, oh my. Mm. Uh, so Aichi police um, have posted a poster up that almost looks like it would step right out of your favorite yaoi manga 
Um, at first glance, you'd probably be hard-pressed to figure out what it's promoting, um, but that might be the genius of it. Uh, much like the magazine we talked about uh, a few weeks ago, it has uh, different kind of phrases that mean different alternate things. And here's what it says. In the gold frame posters, we see three drawings of handsome men, each with a few choice words for you, the reader, as they ride the train and generate sparkles with their mere presence. Insipid, you bother people and ruin their lives? Unbelievable, you are a pathetic example of us men. You dare look your parents in the face? Your savage behavior is that of a molester. And below is a message from the Aichi police asking anyone who notices inappropriate behavior in the trains to call their support line. It's definitely a change of pace from the typical posters we ignore, which depict a shadowy man lurking in some dark corner of the train. And on the contrary, this one is bright, very eye-catching, and likely to draw you in to figure out what's going on. Whoa. Once you're hooked in... <laughs> it does, it, though, it does look a little bit like a, like a page right out of a yaoi manga. So it is a bit of a challenge to to see that the men might be addressing molesters. And, and um, since the artistic style has a forceful yet polite tone, um, it, 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 yeah, it, it, it either is much like a yaoi manga or like a dating sim game. So... It apparently confused a lot of people, um, because some people thought it was a romance game ad. They thought it was a yaoi manga. Um, they 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 think that women will get the message, but they should try reaching the root of the problem: men who molest. Which is not. I don't think that's correct to say at all. I think any anyone who wants to molest someone will try. Um, it doesn't matter their gender. Um, the poster is seriously appealing. Um, someone who couldn't figure out who was talking, even though it's almost like speech bubbles. Um, oh my gosh. And then, like, some other questionable things that make me a little worried. Like, I think I read a fanfic where these three guys gang up on a molester and have their way with him. I don't know. Like, ooh, okay. And then someone was just confused if they were gay or not. Um, all very important questions. You know, I'm not surprised by this. Because as you're reading, sir, I remember a story some time back. You know, I think this was with my old roommate. We were talking, and like we see the, the ads on the subways in mass transit about you know domestic violence, and it shows a woman or somebody being beat up already. You know, don't let this happen. Da, da, da. Like a scare tactic, you know. And I remember he was showing me, you know, an ad for domestic violence. In Japan, it was a pretty young woman on there, and words about you know sex, you know, about domestic violence, something you don't do to, and you know, and I'm just like, I I'm not surprised by that. I guess it kind of falls on lines of killing with kindness in a way. All right, Marco. Okay, so the last one. Um... Basically, there's a, they, they talked to, they, they did a recent survey, um, in L live door news, uh, which is, I'm guessing a magazine or a website, 
Um, but basically they did the survey and it says that the average person doesn't use the word sayonara. Meanwhile, that's the word that we basically know for goodbye. Mm-hmm. Uh, they asked 30 people, uh, no, yeah, they asked 30 people of a, of a variety of ages and genders if they use the word, and the results don't really look good. Um, 21 of the 30 people said that they don't use it or have never used it. And when you narrow it down to the younger crowd, those that are 20 to 30 only, um, it becomes an even higher percentage, and basically it's uh, saying sayonara means, uh, feels that the meeting is going to be a final end, that it's a cold word. So it's just like how English speakers uh, don't often say farewell because it feels too final. So, of course, it gives some of the other ways of saying goodbye, mm -hmm. which would be jane, uh, matane, uh, shitsure shimatsu, or, you know, bye-bye. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty interesting to see what is uh, what is dying a linguistic death in various areas that it's actually not necessarily dying a linguistic death in other areas? Well, I mean, if you, from the anime I've been watching, I mostly hear John A or Bye Bye or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I guess I can see the point, you know, I yeah, I mean, sayonara, even, even the wording done here mm -hmm. for sayonara, it's always been, you know, some sort of hero saying goodbye to the villain or, um, like, something of that nature. Like, sayonara, sucker, and things like that. It's it's more of, e even when we use it, a, a final ending. But I think because it isn't used as often here, uh, we tend to hear it more because of, you know, the, the, the movie quotes and the gaming quotes and things like that. Well, it's also not our mother tongue. And so I think a lot of times slang itself in the English language comes from a deterioration of phrases from other languages anyway. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people who do use it in their regular speech don't understand the actual meanings for it. If you were in Japan, however, you know, it's going to be taken a lot more seriously, which is one reason if you're not technically teaching yourself how to say certain slang words, you probably should try and limit them in foreign countries because some of them are actually much more serious in meaning than you might anticipate. Mm -hmm. Um Especially in places like Italy or Greece or uh, Spain and stuff like that, where we have certain phrases in English that they mean something completely atrocious in those languages. So I see sayonara remaining as a, a, a geek slang term we use here because mm -hmm. we probably still don't see it as a definitive ending. Right. But in Japan, um, 
I, you know, I actually don't think I ever heard it when I was in Japan. I think I heard mostly bye bye, Johnny, you know, like normal, like small phrases, something simple. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is that I actually know people that don't even say goodbye. And it's like they won't say goodbye because it feels like as if when you say it, you're not going to see that person again. Yeah, so they, they, it more along the lines of see you later. Mm -hmm. I say ciao. Aren't you fancy? I'm so fancy, like my espresso and my Vespa. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's it's not like we're the only ones that are doing it. Because you look at some of the anime that's out there and the amount of English that they put into it oh, is God. astounding. Um... The one that surprised me the most was actually Sonic X. And Sonic, like, half the crap that comes out of his mouth is actually in English. Hmm. Like, anytime he says thank you, it's always, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I watch that series so many times, most of the time when I say thank you, I go, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> just because I love the way he says it. It's just so polite and delicate. Mm. But I'm almost I'm almost tempted to say that the reason why Sonic says so much in English is just because he just doesn't care. Because if you watch that anime, he just doesn't care. <laughs> Gives no shits whatsoever. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's amusing to see what words because even in Japan, something like otaku. Japan still doesn't really use otaku in anything other than a negative form. They have other versions of otaku and other categories of otaku, but the word otaku is still, you know, the negative for them. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you know, here it's like, oh, yeah, I'm an otaku. It's like, um, like from Clerks 2, um, what was that word? Porch monkey trying to bring it back. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. No, there are certain words that should just not be brought back. Okay. They should just die fiery deaths. I, I think we're done. Yeah, Randall, we're definitely done. You said it, Dante. You're not supposed to go ask the mouth. Oh, God. <laughs> I cannot wait for Clerks 3. I know. I know. I'm going to have to see it like three times opening weekend just to make up for only seeing the second one twice. I'll be right there right next to you. Yeah, I know. And we'll have to drag um, Ichigo along with us. That drag me to awesome. what? She could be uh, um, When Clerks 3 comes out. Yeah, we'll, oh, yes. yeah, we'll drag you up to Jersey. You know, you'll be our third wheel. Like, the dude that... Um, that Dante smacks around in the second movie. You could be that person. Yes, I love a good smacking. Hey, oh, hey, God. hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that's, another, that's another podcast, another time. We're going to take our final break. So, we'll be back.
this penchant for running long when we have Ichigo on. What can I say? We've got a good show going on here, folks. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, but if this keeps up, we're going to have to change the time slot to an hour earlier. And I don't think that's something me and Mako-chan are willing to sacrifice. That's okay. I'll cut it down next time. Okay. Well, well, no, 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 no. As long as, you know, that's only happening until September. You see? We can do that until September. After September, no. <laughs> After September, then everybody just has to keep the trap shut. Exactly. Hibernation. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, yeah. Hibernation of NCIS season. Uh, if you like what you heard, tell a friend. They had to tell another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. So if you like what you heard and you have any questions about what you've heard, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that's podcast at animejamsession.com. We want to hear from you. We're here to believe you. Uh, check out our website at animejamsession.com where we post all of our convention reviews, links to our videos and photos, and we now have our awesome anime reviews. I believe we'll have one coming up this week, followed by pretty much every Monday, so definitely stay tuned for that. If you want to access our podcast and you can't get it from our website, you can find us on Podcast Alley, iTunes, Stitcher, Miro, Double Twist, Blueberry, Groove, Xbox Radio, uh, TuneIn Radio, and uh, Google Play. Definitely check out our website at, at our YouTube page at youtube.com slash TV. We post all of our convention videos, panels, masquerades, interviews, all that cool jazz. Um, if you want to interact with us individually on YouTube, uh, you can find me at youtube.com slash S. You can find Mako-chan at Jupluna, and you can find Ichigo at IchigoGami. Twitter.com slash AnimeGMSession. Follow us here for updates on our website, conventions that we're going to, and other cool rebel information definitely check that out um if you want to interact with us on twitter you can find me at twitter.com slash gjrondas microtron is at jovidea with a g and ichigo is at ichigogami facebook.com slash anime jam session um thank you so much to everybody who has liked our page as long as you continue to like our page the videos the photos we're going to bring you more content that's what we're all about if you want to interact with us or Facebook, you can find me at facebook.com slash I am DJ Von Les or that DJ Von Les guy. Ichi, um, Mako-chan's at Makoto Mako-chan Kino. And you can find Ichigo at Ichigo Gami. But remember, we're not the only geek podcast on the Vox Network. You definitely want to check out the Starboard Power Coupling Podcast, The Geek Card, Bobby Blackwolf Show, Orange Lounge Radio, Critical Myth, British Invaders, Pod Culture, Electric Sisterhood, Girls Gone Wow. Ranger Pride, Game Bully, and Guys on the Show. And I'm going to go around the room. Last words. Ichigo. Well, it's been fun again. And um, I hope to see some of you guys down at Animazement. I will be again in the Vendor's Hall. And I'm always happy to see you guys see your smiling faces. I'm going to be derping around in either J Fashion or in Mako-chan from Kill a Kill. So definitely come up and say hi. Um... That's it for me. Marco John. Um, I need to find something chocolatey to eat because I want some, and then I'm going to bed. Oh, okay. Uh, my last words is I have birthday wings I have to eat later tonight, and I'm gonna 
watch another anime. I've been watching My Hero Academia. My God, it is so good. I can't wait till the next episode of that comes out. Um, I almost actually wrecked my Surface tablet. I stepped on it by... What the... There we go. I actually stepped, I stepped on it by accident, but thankfully for the heavy-duty case, it's fine. Um, I'm going to look at all the stuff that I bought myself and then probably post pictures of it. And that's basically it. So, yeah, you have to open up the gifts. I know. And I got to take pictures and of my of my expanded waifu collection. I know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, so that's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, thank you for supporting us. Uh, episodes are the same as always. Next week, I'll be back to talk about the Ear Aoi concert that I'm going to tomorrow night. Um, are we doing an episode next week? Because you said you might not want to. Um, as of right now, we'll do an episode next week. Okay. Yeah. Um, if that changes, you'll definitely know before the end of this week. Um, and that's basically it. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Um, we're going to get the hell up on out of you because it's late as fuck. Um, so, I'm Ranma. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigogami. Great fight, great night. See you next week. Night. Jane. Say goodnight, Ichigo. Good night, Ichigo. Say goodnight, Mako-chan. Good night, Mako-chan. Good night, everybody. This podcast has been a production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on this show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it. For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!